Hi, this is Rabbi Ari Spiegler with the Beach Wakila Sharon Mitzvah podcast. We continue today in our discussion of Nipul. Nipul is the eighth language, form, or expression of Tfilah. Nipul, we said, is an impassioned plea where we, as if, throw ourselves at the feet of Hashem. And we said it comes from a deep understanding, a deep sense of uh, nullification, a deep sense of humility. And while it is its own form of tefillah, it truly is the basis of all tefillah, that we always have to have that sense of hitpatlut, uh, of nullification and humility. Today we start with Ot Bet, but Ot Bet really continues where Ot Aleph, the first part of our conversation, left off. We had discussed the Rambam in Halchot Matanot Aniyim Perik Zayin, the Rambam's discussion of gifts to the poor, the Halachot of Tzedakah, of giving charity to someone who's poor. And we noticed, and we noted that the Rambam uh, creates as if two different conditions where if those conditions are met, the Balabai, the person who was asked to give charity, should feel compelled to actually go ahead and give, or they're halakhically required to go ahead and to give. And we were using all this to uh, uh, create a model as if, where just like the Ani is asking of the Balabai, so too when we daven, we are praying to Hashem. So let's see where the Balabai is forced to give, and that will give us an indication as to what we need to do in order to, as if, force Hashem to give. Give us that which we ask for. So at the beginning of Od Bet, Rav Pinkus says, Hatanai Hasheni, Mashkatuva Ramam, the second stipulation uh, created by the Ramam, or the second condition uh, noted by the Ramam. The first one we said is that it's required that the Ani perceive that he's asking for something which he needs. If he's not asking for something that he needs, it's just something which is good, something which would be helpful. So then the Balabai doesn't have to give. He's not required to give. But if he says, My life depends on it, so absolutely he would have to. Now the second condition, the Ramam had written, he says, if the Ani is going around door to door and collecting, so then you have to give him at least something. You don't have to give him a huge gift, but you have to give him something. You cannot turn him away empty-handed. And he says, when we think about what that means as far as our tefillah, it really pierces the soul. Think about that. There is, let's say, a difficult situation. You need a certain sum of money, and you're under a lot of pressure. You really need to get it. You need to get it quickly. And you're going from this person to that person to see if you can uh, procure that money. And you're also davening and you're asking of Hashem. And you're going to various righteous people that they should bless you, that you should be able to get this money, whatever the case is. Let's say you have a person who is very ill in your household. God forbid. And you make all the different efforts. You do everything that you're supposed to do. You go to the doctors, you deal with the different therapies and medications. And as part of his efforts, he also increases his tefillot. So that is the exact model of a person who's going door to door. A person who's going door to door to collect money, right? They're doing so because that's the only way they're going to be able to create this great amount, right? Each person will give them, let's say, a small enough gift, but eventually they will amass the total that they need. But they're going to go to every single different source that they could go to in hopes of securing that money. The same is true, God forbid, if you have the person who's very ill, right? That they're going door to door, they're making sure they're asking the necessary people, they're trying to make solid investments, whatever the case is, and they're davening, they're going to all these different doorways as if in hopes of actually getting whatever it is that they need. The person in need of help, right? In this case, the poor person who's going door to door, he's going to many different sources to find that help. And uh, among those who they're reaching out to, right? And because he's also gone to the house of this Balabait, because he's also gone to this person and he's asking him, 
you know, hey, please give me uh, some money. So the halacha is that he only has to give him at least a small gift, meaning that the model is that only small gifts are necessary because he's going to be going door to door. Obviously, you're welcome to give him a larger gift, but the understanding is that you don't have to do that because he's going to all these different sources. The same is true when it comes to our davening. When a person is engaged in all different types of efforts, and, uh, you know, as part of his efforts, he also turns to Hashem in prayer. So the halacha is that only a small gift needs to be given. Right? Hashem does have to give him at least a little bit of divine help, a little bit of help from above. As the Rambam wrote, Right? You're not allowed to turn him away empty-handed, right? But right, but you could even, you could even give him a small like a dried fig, right? Something very very minimal, but you got to give him something. Like we said, you cannot turn away, uh, you know, or don't allow this person who's very, very poor to be uh, embarrassed or ashamed, right? They can't leave empty-handed. You're not necessarily required to give more than that. Right? Because he has other people, in theory, who he's going to go to, where he could take it from. So we're going to have to continue discussing this further. But the assumption is, if you're going to multiple different sources, uh, each person is only required to give you a small gift because the hope is that by getting many different small gifts from many different sources, you will ultimately get to the large amount that is necessary. So we'll have to figure out what exactly does this tell us about tefillah and going to many different sources for help, including tefillah.